podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for $1. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And start in La Lana too. Love and start in La Lana too. It's here. It's the day trippers. And so, in the final stage of our ongoing experiment to prove that literally anybody can host a podcast, they've decided to let the foreigner have a go. It's DT hosting the DTs, and we've all got the DTs as we await the return of TD. So, on tonight's show, we look ahead to the first game of the season, and we try to figure out where the heads are at heading to the Britannia Stadium this Sunday. We frame it with reference to the final two preseason games, and we talk starting lineups. Joining me tonight is Andy Young, Steve Daly, and the ever-present, omnipotent, Phil Casey. Right, so let's go. Let's do it. All right, lads, let's start with some football chat. So the season's about to start. Where are we with our excitement levels, you know, on a scale of one to ten? How are you feeling, Andy? I feel feeling? like I'm on, on a, a scale of pod. one to Dave Thomas. <laughs> a scale of one to Dave Thomas, how are you feeling? How how are you without, without, uh, without the Thierry Henry advert, would be about six. Right. With that advert, you're looking at an 8.5. <laughs> I'm Min. looking at an 8.5. Yeah. I wouldn't want to look it's, at you at 10, mate. i got to be honest. Yeah. Like, you know. It's a 2.5 increase, that ad. Yeah. It's it's probably the best Sky ad since the old yeah. Alive and Kicking. Remember Alive and Kicking yeah. used to be the music for the yeah. for the season starting and then it became the music for Sky's football yeah, Well, yeah, Elton John's one was good as well. Fuck Elton John. Are you ready? <laughs> no, no. It was, ne- it was never. Are you it was ready never for si- come on <laughs> I think that's the only. I think that's okay. the only song that is. Right, two minutes. All right, so Andy's an eight point five because of the Terry Henry advert. Steve, where are you? Yeah, I, I, listen, I can't wait for the start. It's why we fucking do this 
pod, poxy podcast let's be honest um, but no you know what I mean I, I can't wait for the season to start it's, it's a new season new chance to blindly hope we can achieve something which we're not going to and yeah it's premiership football back you know I, I hate all the wanky friendlies and, and international shite so yeah okay. I'd say a, a good a good solid eight <laughs> Let's all pause <laughs> while we wait for Phil. Phil, how are you feeling? Sitting at a solid three. <laughs> that would be high at the moment. I'm not like I, I, I'm not looking forward to the new season. I'm just not looking. I, football, I, me and football have just fallen out of love over the summer. You're just a miserable. <laughs> I am serious. No, I can't. I just can't. And this is the worst I've ever been heading into the season. Well, since. Hodgson, this is the worst. I just, I'm just not buying into it. I'm hoping. Yeah, we that... finally bought a player from Jeremy. Well, we bought one last season. So no, perhaps. okay. We no, finally we bought. We finally bought a huge performer in Jeremy. And, but you're just asking me how. And how we bought the player that you yeah. claim to have wanted for like nine I years. Dave, so. I can't put my finger. I'm just, I'm just. All I see is I haven't got over the end of last season. So I'm hoping that the performances lift me over the uh, over the. What's first it take to get you over? If we can win our first three games on the spin, I'll, I'll be fucking. I'll be back up again. What's that? Stoke, um, Bournemouth, Stoke Arsenal. Bournemouth, Arsenal, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. All right. Mm. Well, a big, that, Arsenal away is a big Arsenal. But anyway, we're coming Arsenal, to that. Arsenal away is a big. How would you feel with seven points, taking a point at Arsenal? It depends again how the the fix like the results fell. You know the way. Hey, like, why are we even asking him? What's the best we're going to get filled to? Here? A five. Like if we go out and put in a really good performance, you want to see the oh, system being right. You yeah, want to yeah. see the choice of players. I, I want to see something. I want to see something that says to me that we learned all the lessons that we didn't learn last season, and that's yeah. my my fear is that we haven't learned those lessons. So that's that's that's, that's why I'm I just can't get aboard the fucking happy train. Yeah. Well, well, well uh, like. Uh, can I just say something? Yeah, go ahead. Ben. I think this is Roger's last chance, right? It can't, it can't be anything other than his last chance. He can't have a shit season like that again. Yeah, and it, get away it just, with it. No, he can't. So last season, I felt he completely bottled. He got the team into the Champions League, had a couple of injuries, then Suarez leaving as well, and he found himself in a position where he ended up going against everything he promised and believed in himself because he didn't have the balls to just go with the players he had he changed everything so this season I think he has to if he's going to go out he's going to go out swinging hmm. and go back to his own ways so I kind of fully believe that he'll go back to trying to play attacking football similar to the part in the middle of the last season and I don't think I don't think we're a million miles away in terms of I'm, I will be there if I see that from the off yeah. but, but now this, we have the personnel to do it yeah now. but at, at the moment and from what I, I saw through pre-season Right, and I, I, I hate putting too much emphasis on what I saw through preseason, but I didn't see. I think that. I think people who uh, put too much emphasis on preseason are idiots. If that's what you're calling, <laughs> calling them that at some point, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying though. There wasn't a high tempo yeah. element to the game, and yeah. and it's hard to see how they just switch that on on Sunday. Yeah, at yeah. lunch. No, if if, if it takes sixty minutes or so and we win the game. Like and you can see a change in the last twenty minutes in terms of how we play as, as the players start to feel more, you know, involved in the system yeah. and you understand what's going on. Grand, but like, like I know we're, we're going to talk about, it, but that's just you just have my general feelings at the moment. That's where I am. It's not that I think it's a fucking doom and gloom and this is not going to happen the whole lot. I just at this moment I can't see the pointers that gets me really excited about what's going to happen. Well, before we get on to things that might make us less less excited, let's talk about something that people were excited about, which is like Christian Benteke's goal uh, over the weekend, right? So. Andy, I know you were, uh, you know, more optimistic about the signing than a lot of people. Yeah. Um, what did you make of his performance? What did you think of the goal? Is he a nailed-on starter for you against Stoke? Of course he is. Yeah, I mean he's going to start every single game as long as he's fit. 
and even that's even when storage comes back. He, you know, just it's he's not he's not going to be a thirty two and a half million reserve. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I'm excited about him more than I am any other player. Um, I think the the negativity towards him makes me want to do me even even better. Yeah, and I actually think like it's fucking exciting to see a player that can pull that out of the bag. Yeah, you know, on his debut. You know what I mean? That's that's fucking such a super goal. Well, so, yeah. And he scores that against anyone. Well, as 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 one of one of the people who sort of is, was was unsure about him and still is, the one the one thing I saw in that uh, that Swindon game that I was happy with was the chance he missed in the first half. He was attacking the near post. But I said mm. it last week. My my worry was that he was going to be too Andy Carroll and just want to go to the back post, and hang it up the, the back post, and hang it up all the time and look for headers. But I saw a lot on. I don't know it's Swindon whatever. But he was he was attacking that front post, and the chance that Firmino creates from the one that the Vigoro saved. Right, mm. I was saying, well, that's exactly where you want him to be because mm. he's, he's he sort of starts middle of the goal. If that was Carroll, Carroll would have either stayed on the edge of the eighteen yard box or done just drifted and looked for the cross. But, yeah. but instead, he starts attacking the front post. Firmino just pulls a little ball back. And on a different day, he probably would have scored a goal. Well, I think if he's three games in, he scores a hat trick that day, right? Steve O, you know, it is pre season. I suppose we've got to remember that this time last year, Dayan Lovren looked like Beckenbauer against yeah, Dortmund, yeah, yeah. right? But what was pleasing, I thought, was that it was something I didn't really know he had in his locker. Yeah, abs- you know absolutely. I mean? Like, uh, I suppose, as Phil touched on there, it doesn't matter what team you're up against there whether it's an international you know club competition or Swindon mm. he's made the, the movement that, that he's had during that game the, the runs that he's made he's going to make them whether he's up against a top class centre half or a division 2 centre half it doesn't matter that's what yeah. he's that, that's how he's thinking about approaching the game which was yeah. nice to see because I was similar to Phil in, in the fear that he was going to be Andy Carroll Mark II in his approach in, in his wanting it at the, the back post all the time similarly the strike an absolute cracker oh. you know and, and it doesn't matter yet again if that's against you know, well, the fight that it's against Wimbledon doesn't make it easier, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it's not like you scored an the, easier goal. It's the left. technique and it's the strike, and and any keeper's going to struggle to get over to that. So, yeah. so I, I have to say, you know, it's only it's only a preseason friendly. It's always great to see, first of all, a player scoring on their debut, just to give him the, yeah. the confidence to go into next week. And yeah, I liked what I saw. I wasn't I wasn't for him signing, but mm. now that he's here, and I, I'll support him all the way. And Andy, um, the other thing that I think people talked about was that we would have to change our style to fit Benteke in you know watching the game on Sunday did you get the impression that we had to fundamentally change the way that we played next question <laughs> you didn't watch the game no <laughs> <laughs> well let me answer for you no we didn't no, no, we, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't we didn't change no. the, we didn't change the style um, I, I, and that's great to see because yeah. if 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 Roger's going to work with him what we said was if there was a manager that could probably help a striker of his style change to being a more adaptive forward it's probably Rogers. It's yeah. one of his strong points, yeah. even though some people don't think he has many. Yeah. So you know, it's good to see. That's fair, Phil. Right? We weren't, you know, throwing him crosses to the, the from deep to the back post, tra- or you know, trying to no, hit I, it I, long I, to him all the time. I think he become more aware of the crosses purely because of that exact thing. So you're yeah. look when you're looking I didn't at the notice game, it. Now I didn't even notice any deep crosses really. No, but I, I noticed crosses. But then, as I said, I think I think you're, I think you're more aware of the crosses in game purely because he's there, right? And one of the the narratives that's been going on is that he scores most of his goal off crosses. So you're paying more attention. Yeah. If you're paying more attention to a specific thing that's happened on the pitch, you're gonna see more. It's like if you have a car in your head, you always see loads of cars, loads of those cars, and then if you think of a different car, you see loads of those cars, and you're there going. Is it just me? Or, but it's not. It's because you're paying more attention to, to what you're looking at. So I didn't... Uh, look, again, as I said, the, the one thing that I thought was decent enough was that he does give us an out ball. Yeah. Like when Bogdan, who's in goal, um, 
needed to kick the ball. He, he was able to kick. You'd be dying some... to go there for seven minutes. I mean, you'd be dying to mention Bogdan for the, whole, the whole time the ball's been going. All I know is that the goal that we conceded, it somehow went through his hand. <laughs> when they showed the shot from behind the goal, he's diving out his hands in the way of the ball. Next minute, the ball has gone through his hand and in the net. I was like, what? Mm. Yeah. Like it was very Brad. Jones. We agree before, and it was it, like it was a Brad Jones. He's a hologram. <laughs> <laughs> very much a holographic hand. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't stop the ball, but like no, uh, like it, it does give them at least if you're under the cosh and we weren't under the cosh against Win. But if they needed to play a ball. If they needed to play a ball or whatever, like he is an option. He's a realistic yeah. option to play yeah. it up to. But don't forget, like, do you remember, like, under Rafa, we had a uh, rain and goal and Torres. And Tor- uh, mm. Rainy used to fucking fire the ball out, throw it to the halfway line. Yeah. And Tor- Benteke would have no problem. I know he's not that prolific type of player that's, that Torres was at mm. the time, but Benteke can get on the ball and keep it. And you've so many good attacking players that. The only problem get... is you have no chance of that out ball from Mignolet. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> the odd one might accidentally hit no, Benteke. He's too busy clapping. Mignolet claps a lot. But the point is, we are a counter attacking team when we're, we're at our best. Yeah. We don't counter attack ugly, we counter attack quite fucking Sexy. beautifully at, the to- at, at times. Yeah, the, yeah. So we're a team or it's a. Yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> Smashing long ball from Lovren, <laughs> whoever, you know, whoever, like you know, the, Henderson's got a pass in him, and and then has got a pass. So the go, the ball gets released early from the goalkeeper along the ground and get get and take it but away. If if you think of the tactic, you know, it employed last year where they just put Fellaini on on mm. sort of the diagonal crossfield ball to his chest, not to his head, so you weren't hanging it up where it was a fifty fifty. Massively effective. It was just to play the like Benteke is ideal for doing that. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I don't mean I'm not talking about smashing long balls. You, see, you can take a ball just inside. The half Clip it. play a diagonal across to his chest and you've got the likes of Coutinho running off him yeah. Firmino running off him even without his own goal threat yeah. it gives us another option it yeah. allows us to switch play a lot quicker than yeah. we would have at Anfield with that yeah. his technique is fantastic as well I mean that's the other thing that really surprised me was even with his goal and a couple of other balls that came into him his first touch was excellent you know? he's a great touch for a big he's lad a great touch for a big <laughs> lad but he's actually just got a great touch yeah. do you know yeah, what I mean no, like whereas Carroll you'd fire it at yeah. him and it could go anywhere yeah. you know? he's more Peter he's Crouch got, yeah. he's got loads yeah. of confidence in his own yeah. ability with his feet because he does hang on to the ball like if Villa fans had any complaints it was the fact that he held on to him for a bit too long yeah so and that's probably what your best player or one of your best players gets away with whereas at Liverpool he'll have the Coutinho's and, and whoever else demanding it off him that little bit quicker yeah. so that'll probably improve and, and well. it's only a small thing but his celebration after the goal was pretty understated if I, like if anyone else scores that goal you go fucking mad it's yeah. your debut for Liverpool right and you've yeah. just scored this goal and he kind of celebrated and say yeah I do it all the time yeah. like, you should I, expect I love that the fact that he's not giving it to I played for Liverpool on fucking the Playstation or yeah. I, I have a tattoo on my arse or whatever else you know what I mean it just I signed because I'm getting a shitload of money and they're a better club than I played for and yeah. I'm going to score some fucking goals and so we're all, we're all aligned on Benteke's start and there are a couple yeah. of other selection dilemmas should we say we were talking about it before the pod you know there's rumours who's going to start so one of the rumours Andy is that Joe Gomez starts ahead of Moreno so talk to me about your thoughts about that well I think like, this this is a fella who's gone from last this time last year he was in Charlton kind of youth set up like, yeah. you know and he broke into the Charlton team played about 20 games or something like that right and back. now now he's going to be starting in the Premier League for Liverpool like it doesn't really add up like I mean I know it can happen but for me I should, I'd be going back to Moreno he has more experience Joe Gomez could still play a huge part in this season. He's got he looks like a lovely player, but um to be getting carried away based on playing a lot of shit teams, I know his performances have been good, I've seen some of them, but 
but it doesn't matter. I don't care. Like Joe Gomez should be on the bench and Moreno in the team. Steve O, Rogers rewarding a player that's done well in preseason or getting a little bit carried away over a young promising player? No, listen, I, I haven't seen anything from, from Gomez so far that I'd be worried about about him playing against Stoke mm-hmm. and you look at another young English defender in, in John Stones who 18 months ago mm-hmm. was playing for Barnsley you know what I mean and he signs for 3 million quid and even Everton fans were going what a fucking waste of money we're not buying fucking any players and we buy this shit bag for, yeah. for 3 million quid and you know what I mean 18 months later there's talk of a 30 million quid bid now I'm not saying that's the natural progression for Gomez obviously but what I'm saying is sometimes you have to trust that what you see in front of you is what you're getting and mm. if he's performed better than Moreno, and he's probably played more than Moreno over pre-season, why not bang him in? Give give the lad a chance. If he fucks yeah. up, fair enough, take him out. I'd be off by giving the fella a chance. If he came, if Moreno was having a few stinkers and he came and he was injured and he started to prove himself in the league, Premier League games, you know, then you can say that's got credibility. Mm. But there's no credibility for playing well against shit. Hey, listen, he played against the Thai All Stars. <laughs> <laughs> now, Phil. Uh, Rogers loves a romantic narrative. You know, he loves the story maybe of this young kid coming in and just proving everyone wrong. What are you thinking? Are you thinking this is, if he starts, and we don't know whether he's going to start, is this, he's fitter than Moreno right now? Maybe Moreno isn't quite ready. Is it a tactical thing? Does he want to go to a more defensive flat back four, as we, you know, we've talked about? Or is it, or again, is the manager seeing something that we're not here? I think he's probably noticed that he hasn't been pictured on an Uber board yet. He's probably said, fuck that. You know? yeah, yeah. He's guaranteed to give you some fucking points. If, if Coutinho wasn't so good and had a personalised one, he'd definitely be training and be yeah, fucking yeah, rejects. Yeah. Coutinho well. goes around on one of them all the time. I just can't see it. No, but, you know, I, I, th- I think the Gomez thing is interesting. I think there's, there's, there's a lot of potential reasons why he may favour Gomez over Moreno for this particular match. Mm-hmm. If you're starting Lovren, let's say, right, um, I think Gomez is a stronger defensive fullback than Moreno is. Yeah. I think he's better positionally than Moreno is. So you only have to deal with two lads in the centre who don't know where to be. <laughs> well, Moreno is suspect for the goal now. Yeah. yeah right, but, to be fair uh, no, to say that. It is. It yeah. is. But like what, what I'm saying is, I, I think there could be a line of thought that says, this fella's done very well for us in pre-season. We, expect, we weren't expecting him to be that good. And he seems to be so composed and so positionally aware and strong in terms of what he's, what he's doing. That at the moment we still feel that Moreno gives us a better attacking option, but we're going to Britannia, they're going to Stoke in the fourth day of the season. We lost here six one. I want at least one sort of more defensive style fullback because if we're going to play Klein on the other side. He's going to want to bomb forward and be part of the attack yeah. because it's in his makeup. And I, th- I, I don't, I don't have an issue with it. And I think if we come, we'll come out to talk about the midfield now, and that might explain perhaps why we're being a little bit more defensive. But again, Andy against Helsinki, he played a midfield three of Milner, Henderson, and Coutinho. Right, so no Allen, no Lucas, no Emerson, no traditional kind of holding player in there, which I, you know, I thought was a very attacking. Move it. It reminded me of when we played the diamond, and suddenly mm. you're playing Coutinho in one of those midfield roles. You know, how are you reading that? Could that maybe suggest that he needs his defence to be more defensive because he's going to have such an attack in midfield? Yeah, well, it could be just the fact that the squad was kind of split up fifty fifty. So yeah. it could be a bit of that. There's certain players he wants to play, and he's adapted the the shape. But um, no, I mean Coutinho. Do you think Lucas starts against Stoke? No, I don't think. Do so. you think that midfield starts? Uh, I think Henderson and Milner start. And ahead of them, then you've got a selection of three of four or five players. Yeah, so there's no, there's no hold that you think against Stoke. No, I think I think uh, Henderson and Milner look like they can complement each other quite yeah. well. They both they're 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 both kind of jack of all trades, really. And yeah. I don't think uh, you need a defensive midfielder that just defends 
mm. you know, to, for for the hall of midfield duo, uh, you know. And Steve, playing Henderson and Milner, I mean, it was it was interesting watching Milner. He was in the box mm. more than Lallana. Well, he was, has been, yeah. Right? It, uh, I've I've loved that most about him. Yeah. Oh, and I was talking to to Damo about it as well, and saying it's it's because yet again, probably someone that we were myself and him were skeptical about signing beforehand. Yeah. And I've loved the fact that he wants to get on the end of things. And it's something that we didn't have from midfield last season. When I say midfield, I mean our central midfielders. Like, you look at the attacking threat that Milner has been in pre-season compared to Allen since he joined the club. Yeah. The only time I can remember Allen in, off the top of my head ever being close to scoring a goal was in the derby. You know, Apart from when he actually scored, you mean? Yeah, but what yeah. I mean is in terms of being an attacking threat yeah, without yeah, yeah. getting on the end of that something. That sort of a rising player, like, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, yeah, it's, yeah it's, you it's know, because Milner will, will offer what, well, say, Lampard did for so long yeah, for Chelsea. Yeah, probably not as good. No, no, no. Because he gives you more in the middle of the park. But what I'm saying is, you could be looking at eight, nine goals a season off Milner from yeah. from coming in like that. Right that's, right, yeah. that's a massive contribution from from replacing Lucas or Allen, yeah. f- who are going to give you zero goals a season. So it's just, it's just it, on that just, point, though, sorry, just on the Milner thing, is, isn't it very much that he's like a seventy five percent Stephen Gerrard at twenty eight? Whereas Gerard, when he was playing for us, it was only a fifty percent Stephen Gerrard when he was twenty eight for the I last two or three seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> what Milner's been doing is a form of what Gerard had done for many years yeah. for us, arriving into the box and scoring goals. He's not at the same level as Gerard was when he was at his best. But yeah. what he's given us again is a real sort of engine in midfield. And it's now definitely a lift on what we've so I mean, I got, Yeah, I mean, I think he's different to Gerard. i got to be honest, I think every preseason game <coughs> I've watched, I've said it on Twitter, I thought Milner was the best player in the park. Mm. He's the smartest player in the park. He never loses the ball. His passing is great. Positionally, he's great. He's an attacking threat. But I just want to bring it back to what you were saying about getting nine goals out of Milner because we'd probably expect something similar out of Henderson, mm. right? So... But it does prompt, if I was being pessimistic, I would say, well, you're playing two guys as your defensive mm-hmm. shield, right? Yeah. Who want to score 20 goals between them. Yeah, is that a risk against teams? It, yeah, I think it is. And, and obviously for me, I would prefer to see Chan, Milner and, and Henderson. I've no idea how it would work, but I would love to see it. I would love to see it and, and just be either proved right or wrong as to mm. that being the, the best three in, in, in yeah. there um, but I think what we'll f- probably find is that they have to work between them the old sort of one stays one goes yeah. oper- you know they have to operate that way especially if Coutinho is going to be the third man in yeah. there but you're not advocating Lucas no say no, Shan no, no. isn't fit because I don't think he's 100% fit Emerson well, looks like he needs game funny. time but the, you know the only way he's going to get that game time is to go in there so I'd rather see him get 70 minutes against Stoke and us hopefully have a good part of the game wrapped up yeah, that's, I'm not saying Stoke are going to be by any means a pushover, but I'd prefer to see him get 70 minutes and then either play with the two lads dropping in and somebody else coming on for him, or yeah. even Lucas coming in. Well, I suggest pushing continue forward. So let me come back when mm. we talk about mm. the forward line. So, Phil, just to finish up with you on the midfield, then um, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you're not advocating Lucas should start, right? <laughs> no. Against Stoke now, thinking what they did to us last season, mm. thinking about. Uh, you know the fact that our midfield does want to push forward does want to score goals can I sorry if I don't mean to cut across you but I think what Stoke did to us last season was more to do with us than it was to them you know what I mean so so I don't see that happening we play them another 50 times that result doesn't replicate itself no but they are I mean to be fair under Puris and Hughes they have a tremendous home record Mm, right mm. they're a very difficult side to beat away to beat at the Britannia right so first game of the season anything can happen I know I'm just wondering uh, to bring it back to Phil whether you know you'd go a bit more cautious in terms of the midfield selection 
No, I'm with Steve. If 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 I was bringing one player in, it'd be Chan into that midfield because I think it removes the need for having to have a screen or a DM. I think oh, with the three of them, ideally, you'd like to see them all in a midfield where they all cover each other. So if, if say, Chan goes on a maraud up the pitch and Milner's going with him, then Henderson stays at home. Or if, if Henderson and Milner have gone, Chan is staying there to cover the, cover the defence. I think there's, a, there's very much, in terms of the, the capabilities and the style of the players, they're all complimentary mm-hmm. and would work perfectly in front of that. You, you'd normally maybe say to Chan, listen, you hang back, back a bit yeah, more, but we want you to go on those bursting runs throughout the game as well, because that will open teams up. Teams will not be expecting him to, well, yeah. and they won't be able to, like, what are you going to do? Put a man marker on, on yeah. the defensive midfield? If you do, then you're freeing up space for Henderson and Milner to operate in. So, like, you know, it's just, it's, it's the power as well. The one thing that Chan brings to that midfield is he brings incredible power. You know, he's he's such a physical player. You know, he brushes players away from yeah, him. Yeah, he, he brushes players over. Like, do you know what I mean? It, and that's the one thing that uh, when I'm looking at him, and you've got Henderson and Milner, and I'm not saying they're, they're shrinking violets either, right? But the one thing that Stoke is, and even when I was watching them at the weekend, they were still overly physical in that midfield. And as m- much as I love Coutinho, when I watched them play um, in the way they were set up in Helsinki, like nominally either Milner or Henderson was staying at home and Coutinho was dropping back in and was sort of like one was playing as the one behind two mm. of them. I'm just wondering, could they just get at, get a Coutinho maybe and try try physically dominate him yeah. early doors? I think the physicality argument is the only reason why I'd play Shannon. I wouldn't play him personally. First mm. of all, I don't think we've seen any evidence that he can play defensive midfield player for us, mm. right? Even when he plays, he looks to bomb forward. Same for Germany under 21. But I do get the physicality thing. I think there's an argument. But maybe that's an option off the bench. If we are going to squeeze, if we are getting pushed, I hope that's the change he makes rather than uh, bringing Lucas in. So we're going to go back a little bit now. We're going to talk about the defence again. And uh, the <coughs> Republican presidential debate is tomorrow. But if you want to get real bile and bullshit, let's talk about Lovren versus Sacco, lads, all right? So let me open. Let one, you open. Let Trump. me open on this. Come on. Right? Mm. How fucking dare they? I know. Seriously, I think the bigger th- bigger thing for me is Skirtle. I would rather see Lovren and Sacco start the next fifteen games as a two than have Skirtle in the team because I honestly think they're a better partnership than Skirtle with either Lovren or Sacco. I think mm. I think we've seen over the last two or three seasons, no matter who Skirtle is paired with mm. outside of Agar, it doesn't work in a two. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting about Skirtle is that he's conned every manager. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But he does drop the agar for him and played Skirtle with Carragher. Um, and put Skirtle across. And put Skirtle, yeah, move Skirtle across. So, Steve, who's starting? Who should start? Uh, who's starting is, in my mind, is is Skirtle and Lovren. Okay. Um, and who would you start? It's a tough one. You know, it really is. Like, I, I, I really hoped that we'd seen a different Lovren than the one we'd bought. And I don't think we have. <laughs> because pre-season's kind of told me that he's just as fucking bad as he was last yeah. season. And I really didn't want him to be. I really wanted him to prove people wrong and, and come out of his shell this season. But like Phil said, it's probably it's probably not a bad shout. I don't know. We we used to watch Skirtle alongside different people and say he's a fucking liability there for the other people. Yeah. Um, because if you are you know, trying to play in a certain way. If he's paying no attention to that whatsoever, then it fucks the whole back four up. Well, I, and, I, and I'm going to come to Andy in a minute, but I, this is where my train of thought goes, is that I think the way Skirtle defends makes the person that defends next to him just look terrible. Yeah. So Lovren wants to be a front foot proactive defender. Actually saw the Sacco, and Skirtle drags the whole thing back, and they just look ridiculous. Yeah. Now, Andy, and they the, look so far cut yeah, out of shape. There is yeah. a school of thought, Andy, right, that, say, the difference between us conceding 
50 goals and 20 goals during this season is mm. you simply replace Lavrov Masako. That Sako is that good, mm. right? That He's three defenders. You just make that change <laughs> and that is a, such a significant impact on our defence that it will transform our season. I don't buy into it. Where are you on that? Is there such a gap between Lovren and Sacco that it's, it's... Well, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see the st- statistics on when yeah. either of them plays to, to see does that actually happen. Lover makes very, very obvious mistakes. Yeah. And I would like to play Sacco, obviously. But I do have to appreciate the fact that there's stuff we just don't know as fans. We don't mm-hmm. see them in training. We don't see their attitudes. We don't hear the conversations that take place. We don't really know what their injury kind of... The, you know the likelihood you know the of them getting injuries. Yeah, yeah, what's yeah. going to happen is, I think um, any team that's going to succeed needs a, a def- defensive pair and centre backs more than anything throughout the whole team. It's one place you just cannot rotate. I think he fails by maybe playing Sacco there. He's going to be forced into rotation. That Sacco's going to let him down, and get injured. Yeah. So that's that's where that's where the problem lies. And there might be other things as well. Maybe they just don't get on, and maybe he feels that Sacco is not listening to him or something like mm. that. And he just has he just wants a shot. Well, out of the the last seventy six league games of so the last two seasons, Sacco has been injured for forty two. Mm. Yeah. Right. See, that's that's so fit over fifty yeah. percent of the games. I mean, we yeah. loved we loved Agar. Like, I mean, I loved the man. I just always felt that. Every season you were asking the question, should we just sell him now? Because yeah. if there was any sort of money available for Agar, it was a hell of a lot better than than having a, a known Yeah, you know, in the end we got four player. quid and a kick cut for no, him. Like, I, I, it's I just unfortunate like, that Sacco's For me, like there's no argument. Sacco's a better defender than, than Lovren, yeah. right? But I think uh, I think the flaw here, and I, like I genuinely think the flaw here is Skirtle. I think yeah. we've, like every as you said, every manager has played Skirtle in the defence, right? Mm-hmm. And we haven't had an immense defensive record. Right since since Benitez left, we haven't had an immense defensive record. I think it's time to. Well, I thought last season was the time to to, to do it, and I, I said it at the time yeah. when when Sacco and Lovren played at Spurs that day. I thought there was at least the signs of potentially a partnership because at least both defenders, as you said, wanted to play with the same style of football on the front yeah. foot. Yeah, and they both wanted to do it. So the mistakes that were being made was because they were trying to play on the front foot. Now. I've no issue with that because they were trying to bet in. But if you don't bet a partnership in, going back to Andy's point, if you don't bet a partnership in over the long term or over 10, 15 games, you're ne- they're never going to be able to form a partnership, right? Yeah. And there's this sort of train of thought now that says, oh, well, one's a left centre back, the other's a left centre back. So we're taking, you know. But Lovren played right side. But we played Cotto Torre, who's primarily a right centre back at left centre back as well, right? Skirtle has played. I think the left centre back thing has been a thing that Liverpool fans have kind of become obsessed about. It's It's just this thing that you can only play one side. Players who just just cannot fucking function once they're put out of their comfort zone. But most of them aren't. Most of them aren't. You know, most of them will have grown up playing different sides. It's not. You don't always get your way as a player. You're a fucking centre back. You're a centre back. Yeah, you know what I mean. Is there is there one part whereby we're just all wrong, and Skirtle's actually not that bad a defender? Because if you look at it, Benitez, every one of us would agree was a good defensive coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. Regardless of whether we liked the way the football was played or not, he was a good defensive coach. Yeah, and he picked him regularly. But I think Benitez played a, a different style, a different style, right? So I think Skirtle is a very good deep lion defender. Yeah. So if you're playing with a game in front of you, you're on your 18-yard line, yeah. mm. he wins his one-to-one battles, he does read the game pretty well, he makes mm. good recovery tackles, wins his head as I think he's that. It's when you play 30 yards for It's when forward. you want to move their line forward. Uh, like, you know, there's not there's not an awful lot wrong with that. It's you t- It takes a very special centre-back to be yeah. able to play like that, you mm. know, and I don't think any of them are that special. Like, there's people that love 
Sacco so fucking much that they fall out with the whole club. Yeah, yeah they, they believe they up. believe he's. Well, I, I, I have genuinely, and I'm not making this up. I've genuinely seen tweets saying if Sacco's name is not on the team shit, the Roger should get sacked. That but that should happen. They're, that they're day. fucking well, listen, They just need to. They just need to. But uh, it, it interested me because I was I was might be Phil that said it, but he's Phil. But actually, a lot Listen, of the I'm sacking everyone. A lot of the reputation everyone, on Sacco is actually is actually based on his performances in a back three, not in a back two. Because actually, when Sacco played in a back two with Skirtle in the tail end of our uh, title season, he was shocking. Hmm. That's a bad. They were bad but, in the but, two together. It's but, marginal. But yeah. again. It's Skirtle. The common denominator. I agree. I was looking at, and the gas thing was when, when I was looking at the Swindon game, I was looking at Jordan Williams at, at, at playing centre back for Swindon, and he's gone on loan to them, like he's, he's their player. And I was thinking to myself, Jesus, there's a young fella now, I was thinking to myself, he's got a real, a real potential to come through as a defensive midfielder. Big, powerful when he played in that yeah, game yeah, for yeah. us, and has a pass and was able to read the game. And then he was sitting there as a centre back and saying, Jesus, that's a fella now who can play centre back. Right? Yeah, Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. He was reading the game well. He handled Benteke for most of that match really, really well. And you're saying to yourself, I know he's putting in extra effort because he wants to show that. Of course he, he did. But he, you he know what? It's not a bad sign that he's going to go there and get football for the no, season. And, no, and they they actually played some decent football, yeah. and, and that's a good sign for us because yeah. you want to be sending your players to clubs but, that are going to play. In and a and that sort fashion. of goes back to me. But like I'm I've, I'm at the stage now with the with the centre backs where. I, I do. I, I genuinely think Sacco is a step up to the centre backs we have. However, you can put any really good centre back in with a poor centre back, and their performance level will come down. Yeah. and that's that, that's happened right the way across yeah. all teams. Like, so I, I think that you know my view on it is that who we play at centre back is not going to dictate our season. What's going to dictate our season is who we play up front. So let's I'll, let's segue into that front. Well, three. I think I think if we have a partnership at the back, it will dictate. It will dictate. You know. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing about Sacco is that, and I've heard this argument, and, and people are making out that there's no logic to play in that room. But actually there is, because if you spend all pre-season building a relationship between Skirtle and Sacco, right, and that's your centre-back partnership for the start of the season, you've done all this work on him. Given Sacco's injury record, games, he's yeah. going to be in injured yeah. within mm. five games. Yeah. And then you've got to take this shell of Lovren, who's had no game time, yeah. his confidence is gone, he's had no time to work on anything, and you're putting him in yeah. for basically but half is, a season. Is that the skirt argument? Of all the centre backs, he's the least injury prone. Well, I, like Lovren was out injured yeah. for a long time yeah. last season. Well, Sacco was out injured has, for a long time. It's definitely a bad I mean, part the key, of it. The key to yeah. good defending is it's using the same personnel yeah, all the yeah. time. You know, you can chop around your full backs depending on who you're playing. Fullback is a is a bit of a fraud position, so yeah. I'm just you know, <laughs> I'm just fullback. It's not a real position. Yeah, yeah you it's know, just it's, a, it's people full, who can't play fullbacks. Yeah. <laughs> fullbacks are good footballers who have been removed from somewhere else yeah, in the yeah, pitch. Yeah. Um, you know. So speaking of uh, good footballers, Andy, we're agreeing that Benteke is going to play up front. Yeah. Who's playing with him for you against Stoke? So we've had Jordan Ibe, we've had Lana, we've yeah. had Firmino, we've had Markovic, all Coutinho's, Origi, Coutinho. Who's, look, look who's it's a good, it's a good thing. Like I mean, that we're that we're looking at sort of six or seven players that fans can debate over who should play and who yeah. shouldn't play. A lot, not an awful lot of people like Lalana, and they want to see Firmino in. They want to see Coutinho in. They want to see you know they they want to see their favourites. Someone's going to be, have to be left out. Yeah. Now, like if it was my choice, I'd like to see Coutinho and Firmino play, and probably Jart. I have three behind. Yeah. Benteke. Uh, Benteke. That's probably what I'd go for. 
because I like the players. Yeah. But, you know, there's not a hell of a lot of uh, difference by taking one out and putting the other in, especially the fact that Firmino hasn't had a... Yeah, I, th- I think Lallana goes in there for Firmino and that probably is your front... Th- I, I, know, think it's, your I, I don't think there's any there's, there's any price for guessing what Lallana, starts against. I think it's Lallana, yeah. Ivan Coutinho yeah. will be the three that's but there. But there, there is the belief out there that may, we may play 4 3 3. I think we and will. in that case, I think we will. Two of them players have to lose him because mm-hmm. Benteke's starting. Yeah, and then there's other people well, saying I, that Ings is going to play. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be so I wouldn't be so upset to see Ings play. Actually, if we yeah. go four three three, don't for, but if Ings and Benteke play, you've got a choice of four you've players. Got one, to, you've either got Lallana or Ibe. You've only got one dose to do that. Yeah, because you're going to yeah. drop Coutinho into that three of Milner. So and, for, and, for the sake of for the sake of this Milner discussion, and, uh, uh, Henderson and Coutinho, Coutinho probably. Yeah. And then you'll have, have, so have, you've got have three and one. You'll have and then you've got and Ings and Benteke, and Benteke yeah. or Lalana Ings and Benteke. So yeah. Ibova. So let's say, let's say Coutinho's in midfield just for the sake of the argument, right? Yeah. So your choice is three out of three out of four, really, right? You're mm. playing Ings, Benteke, Ibe or Lalana for the front three positions. Who's your three out of that four? Assuming Firmino's not fit, because I don't think he's yeah, going to be. Including yeah, Benteke. So right. Benteke is going to start. Right. So you've got two uh, out of the remaining three. Oh, like it's. I want Coutinho's playing in midfield. Coutinho's in midfield. So Firmino, you you'd start Firmino. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, I'm dying to see this. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, only because you didn't yeah, watch yeah. this in the match. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, like this in a competitive game, and he's going to like like Jesus, he's, he's he better play a huge part in this team this year. So I'm dying to see him get going, and so it'll be him obviously, and then I mean, I think I guess the nod over the yeah, for you or or Markovic, you know, I'd probably actually. I'd like to see a bit more Markovic than I would Lallana I've nothing against Lallana I like him I like him a hell of a lot more than most people I think he's a, he's a nice player to watch but um, I think Markovic long term has a has a probably has a brighter future on football Steve so assuming Benteke starts who are you playing with yeah. now I think it's a little bit of who you want and who is realistic yeah, right, yeah. You know? so so realistically I would probably be going with Ibe and Ings okay uh, in, the, in that front three if I was yeah. going that front three um, who I, I don't think Ing starts over Lalana though, even mm-hmm. if he goes with that front three. So mm-hmm. I think you're looking at I Benteke Lalana. Yeah. Um, but you know, Markovic was disappointing against. Swindon. I thought he was too. Yeah. You know, he yeah, lost he a lot of the ball. His and, passing was terrible. Yeah, his passing was poor. He he lost the ball just in terms of looking clumsy on it. And I was someone who really sang his praises last season and was yeah. really pissed off when he got made a scapegoat in that in that Arsenal match, but. Um, against Swindon he just looked he just looked poor he did not do anything a week away from kickoff his off. passing you know we complain about Lalana, right mm. Lalana always takes a touch too much but Markovic's passing is always a foot behind where it needs to be yeah yeah like, and it's that's what happened at Arsenal his pass is a foot ahead or foot away from where it's meant to be yeah. and it was the same on Sunday I was really frustrated with I him. think I think if he's going to play he has to play further forward yeah. I think that's where you're going to get the best out of him To st- he, he has the pace and he has a bit of trickery about him to cause teams problems not only to keep them pushed back because of his pace and his ability to get in behind but also just because he has the beating of a player yeah which i don't necessarily think lalana has and when i say be he clearly is a skillful player yeah but to go past the player and then get on past them I don't yeah. think he has i think it's easier to see where ibe goes next than it is where markovic goes next yeah i think yeah. ibe's next step in terms of his progression is pretty obvious yeah, it's, whereas it's, markovic i still think we're only seeing 50 percent of what he yeah no i was of. i was pissed off with ibe the other day watching him yeah. even though people were saying he had had a brilliant match i thought his end product was terrible yeah. but he came out and said that himself after the game so phil uh benteke starts who are you? Who would you pick, and who do you think you pick? Well, you know who he's gonna. You, I know who you think. Okay, he's gonna uh, pick. No, look, I, it's, I think it's 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 cast iron. It'll be Coutinho, um, Ayub, and Lalana. Yeah. Now, 
Would you change that if it was you? Yeah. And what would you do? I wouldn't have a little hand in the team. Well, okay. I'd play a sheep. <laughs> I'd play a traffic cone. I, I, I genuinely, I just thought he's not, no, he's not my cup of tea. You don't think he's a very Slows good it down. I think, I think the, I think the, I think what we're going to be really good at this year is, fa- is, is fast attack and play. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's a fast attacker. And especially if he's on the left-hand side and he's up against Johnson, he's not the type of player who'll give fucking Johnson any problems. He's, he's too lightweight. Mm. Don't, t- don't think he's particularly slow on the ball, though. Like, you know, he's, he slows it down, though. Turns too many times, doesn't play quick it's passes. Still, it's still a play. Like, I think Lallana's got four, four or five games at the start of the is season it, where he's going to start. My disappointment is that, you know, is, is around Markovic. I w- ideally, in this game, if you're going 4 2 3 1, right, like, for, for setting this up, and you've got fucking the, the man mountain that's now Glenn Johnson on, on, in, at right back for them, you'd be looking to exploit that space that every team exploited against us, which is just behind Johnson, because mm. if you get him in there with pace, Johnson won't even bother so I'd, trying to I'd, I'd be putting Ibe nearly there yeah, because no, no, but he, he has the physicality and the pace yeah, to yeah, cause but if, it, That's what I'm saying. My frustration with Markovic is that if he, if, if, if he was in form and he'd been played a little bit more through pre-season, there's potential that you'd start in there so he could exploit that space. Yeah. With, with Look, I know pace. you hate Johnson, but we should remember Stokes left back is Jeff Cameron, right? So it's not like you got fucking Jordi Alba on one side and Glenn Johnson. On the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, wherever no, I plays, he's playing against no, no, a yeah. shit football. But I just think yeah. that, that that's, that's a pair of, like we know how to exploit yeah. that space because we've had to what you're saying is a Lallana type player doesn't exploit that no. whereas an Ibe type player yeah. won't mark yeah, and even, 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 even potentially yeah. Firmino because he's just intelligent yeah. like, the one thing that, that Johnson couldn't handle when he was with us was when he was up against the player with any, type, <laughs> any type of trickery you do one trick and you're past him even yeah. when, and even if you only have one trick you're past him yeah. <laughs> even but if like, you repeated that trick, trick for 90 minutes every time but it's like and and that's my only problem with with with, with starting the line against. But, but he will start. Um, if I was starting, I'd probably like to see a four. Look, like I said I'd like to see a four two three. I'd, I'd like to see Chan Henderson and Milner midfield, and I'd be starting Coutinho. And I'd probably for this game maybe start with two up front, Ings just just to, just to give them something different to think about. Because when you see Milner playing in that sort of role, he's not afraid to go wide and, and give support. And you know Ings, Oyeb, and Benteke, you know it, with with the three behind him. They won't know where to pick the, pick those lads up. Yeah, you know what I mean. They yeah. can just float. Ings will float around. Fucking, mm. I will just go tearing down the line against lads, and then you have Benteke there to to to, to accommodate Milner and, and Henderson or Chan even coming into the box. Yeah, I mean, people are talking about this being a, a big season for Lallana. My own personal view on it is it's five games because by the time the five games are done, Sturridge is back and Firmino's fit, and then Lallana doesn't get in that side. Yeah, mm. so mm. he's got a if he doesn't perform in the first five games. <laughs> He's not in a starting eleven. But and if he's not in a starting so eleven for another season, if he's in and out, if he's not getting games, I think it goes the, downhill. Yeah, for the him worrying thing for Lallana, he's a good, he'd be good squad player. Yeah, I know he is a good squad player, and, and you're never going to be pissed off. I, I'd nearly be sort of a little bit disappointed if he is the nailed-on starter. But if he's the player that comes in for somebody for a game or two or whatever, or comes in and does well and keeps his place. Well, fine. my point is, he's the nailed-on starter now, right? Yeah, and the is. only way. He's got to be good enough to keep for me and Sturridge. Sturridge out. comes back and it isn't you straight back in, right? Yeah. He's got to be that good. You hope, right? But if he's yeah. not, what I'm saying is, I don't. Th- first of all, I don't think Lalana is good as a squad player. I think he needs to play. And if he's not playing games, we saw this last season when it stopped start with him, he just doesn't perform. Similar he's to Joe Allen, a yeah. bit like yeah. that. Yeah. So I think that's why I think it's a big five games. Yeah. For, no. Uh, for the Lallana. problem for him probably is that he didn't look in any way impressive in Europe last season. No, not that any of our players did. Well, it's because he's a very good Premier League player, but not good in the Champions League. Yes, as as Phil has said. So my worry for him is that you're looking at possibly giving him games in the Europa if he's lost his place in the starting eleven, And he may still struggle there, you know. 
All right, so we're going to move it forward. I was going to ask if anyone has seen Stoke in pre-season. Um, but seen seen as you seen haven't seen, seen as you haven't seen Liverpool in preseason, <laughs> I know Phil watched uh, Stoke against watched uh, Stoke. FC Cone, right? Uh, Just to FC get it last, last give weekend. us your thirty second kind of view on Stoke. Johnson looks like Ashley Williams' <laughs> twin brother. I swear to God, he's gone so big and he's let his hair grow out. I, honestly, when I was watching, it, I thought it was Ashley Williams, and he was moving with that same level of pace as him as well. Um, Stoke was in, Cologne destroyed them. They basically just exploited the lack of pace. In, in the side now whether that's close to their starting lineup or not I don't know but like they had Van Hinkle playing they had Joss Lewis playing they had most of the new signings playing Peters was playing left back um, and they had Johnson at right back mm. and I was thinking to myself if we can exploit their pace because they'll come on to us it's the Britannia they'll want to try 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 win the game or whatever then we can get at them but it, it, it needs us being quick through the phases from, from defence to attack we can't like this slow type of idea of build up will just allow them to reset themselves and it'll be hard for us to break them down Okay, so looking at our first five games, is what I want to start to do is get a bit of a view of how you think the first five games are going to go and then move into kind of predictions for the season as a whole, right? So mm-hmm. now we may as well put our balls on the line and see how we think it's going to go. So the first five games, just for those of you who might not know, Stoke away, Bournemouth at home, Arsenal away, West Ham at home, United away. All right, so pretty tough first five it's games. Tough fight. Even Bournemouth, you just don't know what to expect from yeah. them, you know. And it's mm. it's that uh, it's it's that newly promoted club that that makes it difficult, you know. Mm. Who who have Bournemouth got first game of the season? Anybody know? No. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I think it could be Swansea. I'm not looking at Swansea. Swansea have Chelsea. Check oh, the internet. I think it might be Everton. Is it Everton? I think. Check the internet. Anyway, find out now, so while you're looking at that, Andy, first five games there for Liverpool. How do you see them going? What's your what's your feeling? Not predictions for the season yet, just the first five games. Yeah, well, obviously, um, Stoke is going to be difficult. I think I don't think we lose. Um, I think we can we can beat them. We, but a draw wouldn't be a horrific result or anything like that. Then you're going to have to beat Bournemouth. It's a poxy time to play in a newly promoted team, especially a team like Bournemouth. It's been a long, long time, you know, and mm-hmm. to play at this level. So they're going to be, or is the first time ever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, they're going to be buzzing. It's like, you know, you can see them towards the end of the season or around Christmas time just getting battered by everyone. But mm. at the start, they're going to be have a point to prove and that's the last thing we want because it's similar to playing in the FA Cup mm. where teams just raise their yeah. game. So yeah. you're going to see a bomber team that's going to raise their game. Uh, a lot. Arsenal away. Uh, I think Arsenal are going to be brilliant this year. So that's that's going to be fucking very difficult. Uh, West Ham home, have to beat them. And then United away. Um just a funny, funny feeling uh, about United, like, and I'm quite frightened about them. As so well. I think that they got four games, then the international break, then yeah. United away, and After apparently the, yeah. today Sturridge is saying that he might be fit for that game. Yeah. So, uh, be, yeah, be interesting to see how the other four games go before, like, just introducing Sturridge mm-hmm. back. Like, hopefully, it's not like last season where you're just watching these fixtures and they. Uh, the, the concentration is getting the likes of storage back for it especially mm-hmm. hopefully we can just bring storage back fucking nicely you know if, if Liverpool are beating teams or, you know if they pick up uh, three wins and a draw then against Arsenal away going into the United game I'd be I'd be sticking with what you've had so Phil better in mind you're a 3 out of 10 in terms of excitement I'm almost uh, afraid to ask you this question but <laughs> you know going into the United away game what do you think we're looking pa- back par- on how par- do you think we're doing parking my incredible optimistic level that I'm at the moment yeah. If we want top four, I think we need ten from points from the force fifteen. Okay, All right. I think we three need wins th- and a draw. Yeah, yeah, I do genuinely because I think looking at that fixture list that sets out, we have to be beating Stoke, and um, Bournemouth and West Ham. Yeah, and then getting a point out of the Arsenal, Arsenal away and United away 
is actually not a, as bad a return for this stage of the season. Because if you're going in out 15 points, you're going in with 10, you're going to be there, thereabouts in the, in the top four yeah. already. Think, and you don't that's want a serious yeah. ratio there, you know? No, I but mean, you're it, talking about trying to pick up points against Arsenal away and United away. Every team in the league is going to struggle with them two Andy, fixtures. Andy, I know, I know, but I'm saying to you, given the task that's in front of us, this isn't a season coming off the back of a World Cup or Euro- European Championships, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the points level for fourth is going to be higher than what it was last year, which was in around the 72 mark. I think you're going to need 75 to 76 points to get a top four this year. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do that, you need to make a good start. And if I'm looking at a four, I, if, if I was saying like the first, first 10 games you're looking to get 20 points on the board. Yeah, okay. And that's that's going back to your two points per game yeah. ratio to, to, to get you to 76 come the end of the season. Steve, yeah. how do you um, see us going into the international break? Yeah, I, I, I would agree with the lads. I just checked there. Uh, Bournemouth game is against Villa at, oh, home, Villa, okay. at home to Villa. Um, first match of the season. So that's probably not a bad one to be able to gauge them on. Um, I'd be expecting six points from the first two games. I would, you know, we, we we have to, if we want to seriously challenge top four rather than just scrape our arses through it, they're the games you have to win, okay. you know what I mean? And you have to be able to go to the Britannia and take three points because Chelsea and Arsenal and City yeah. and probably United will. So six points from them, I'd be delighted with a point down in, down at Arsenal. Like Andy said, I think they will be quite strong because they, they haven't bought a lot of players. Mm-hmm. So as we've seen the last few years, the clubs that haven't, added huge numbers to their ranks tend to be the ones that, that at least start off strongest. So you're looking at Chelsea and City. Just, just on it, like, and I know it's a big ask, but if you, if you think about it, the year that we finished second under Rodgers, we took 11 from the first 15. Yeah. Mm. You, you know, and, and that's, mm. that's, that's what I'm saying to you. Like, and I, remember, I remember from coming, coming in after the Swansea, and I, I can't remember if it was Newcastle, or, or the fifth game, and we were sort of going, we'd had three wins on the bounce, then we had two draws, and we, fe- we were feeling deflated after that. Mm-hmm. We were saying, like, Jesus, our good start's been ruined because we did. But when you look back at it now, yeah. 11 from 15 sets you up lovely. Oh, it does, and, absolutely. I mean, my, my, my thing is, I think you have to win the first two. I think yeah. you've got to yeah. go to Stoke and win, and then you've got to beat Bournemouth. Because then and you, suddenly then you're like six from six. Okay. Tails are up yeah, when West Ham exactly. come, because West Ham are actually going to be a decent West side Arsenal this first. season. And my actual view, my, <coughs> I think Benteke is exactly the type of striker Arsenal won't want to play against. Yeah. So that's the only thing that's making me go, we could have a chance there. Okay, so moving away from the... the, the Stoke, sorry, just, just one thing on Stoke. I think it's a long time since we've had a player who's going to be well able to handle the likes yeah. of Shawcross. And well, he's injured, Hoot's not there, is yeah. he? Yeah. Okay, so I don't know who their two centre-halves because Hoot's gone. And, yeah. So whoever they're going to have, but they're going to have big physical centre-halves. It's, yeah. it's what they play most of the time. And it's going to be nice for us to actually be able to impose a game on yeah. them. Until Jonathan Walters eats Joe Gomez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, predictions then on a couple of things first of all uh, where are Liverpool going to finish Andy probably fifth fifth yeah Steve I'm going to be optimistic and say third third Phil <laughs> that's that's based on Sturge yeah. coming back and not being fucked it's too many variables for me to to to, to actually have a realistic view on where we're going to finish at the end of the season. Yeah, that's why it's a prediction. So uh, just we're give not us a prediction. You to fucking crystal ball at yeah. there. It's not a risk assessment. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Fifth or sixth? Fifth or sixth? I think like stay away. Being like major optimistic, like yeah. on the tour. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like, I thought this was the optimistic part. Yeah, it is. No, well, like, it, no, don't get me wrong. If if Trev was, was here, I'd be saying. If I was like you know, <laughs> optimistic, sticking on the blinders here and say we're going to win the league, but unfortunately, without seeing United playing, City playing, you know, this season Chelsea and seeing which of these teams is actually manageable to get past, because at the moment. I just can't actually realistically say that we will definitely get past one of them. I think the best chance probably 
looking at the squads, you know what I mean, would be probably City because I think they could have a really good season. I think City season. and United. I think everybody's looked but at... United have got a fantastic midfield now. Like. But, they, but, yeah, but they don't have a fantastic defence and they've got one striker. They're boy striker. So I think... But, if they, but, but I'm, I'm going yeah, So I'm going to go with you. I, I, so as it stands, I think we'll finish fourth, possibly third, because Sturridge, Benteke and Firmino mm. is a better front line than anyone other than the City. Mm. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would. I would look at Remy, Falcao, and and Costa and say because yeah, they have that. You'd goal. be wrong. So anyway. well, um, <laughs> we'll see because I think Falcao will actually have a decent season with with Chelsea this season. Based on okay, who's winning the league, Andy? Uh, probably Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. Steve. Yeah, I'd agree. It's hard well, to look past them. If we can get twelve points from the four fifteen, we will. Now. <laughs> if we can finish it's, the season with 96 it, points we'll be an excellent It's a very difficult thing to, to answer now like, I mean, but you're basing everything on just like taking feelings out of the air because <laughs> I mean if you look at Chelsea like they were getting hopped off in pre-season and City were getting beaten as well like you know what I mean I haven't watched Arsenal or anything so like it's impossible to base it on the pre-season alone you can only really look at their squads and yeah. we're still we're still fifth best. You, know you take I mean? whatever date the point you want. Don't have to go on pre-season. It's just... I think if you ask this question, five games to ten games into the season, then you can start saying, well, I recognise weaknesses. In. All right, let's finish up with uh, the remaining bit of business we might have to do as a club. Quick answer. Are we buying anyone else? And who will we sell? Hillary <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's done. Um, I'd say anything else now will be kind of opportunistic, like as if someone comes in and buys one of our players and we have to go and replace them. So if Inter came in and said, right, fuck it, you know, give us Lucas there. We're going we're gonna to have to go and buy again, you know. Uh, or if Balotelli goes, you know, and you get a decent amount of money for him or Barini, you know, there's going to be a few quid there to, to put into it. You might look I don't think we need strikers. Yeah, I think we're set up with, with the strikers we have. We've stored Benteke, Origi, and Ings, right? Yeah. Um, and if you look for like for likes, the you know the the, the, the Origi and storage is more or less the cover covering one there. So that we're in a better position than we were last year for like for like, and uh, not as developed, but yeah. you know, a similar style. Um, so it's really for me, it's it's only who can we add to the midfield because neither Alan or Lucas are good enough if we want to be top four. So it's it's you know who are you going to add? Who's going to be another stronger midfielder than than, than the two of them? And yeah. what what style of midfield you going? I know for? we skipped past uh, the preseason right games, but your man Pedro is very good. Who the young boy Pedro? Oh, Souza. I thought Teixeira yeah. was very good when he came on against Fuck Swindon yeah. as well. I, well thought, I tell you, it's a couple of good. I, that's why I don't think we'll buy a midfielder because I actually think that a that, couple that, of those guys. Then, need then, games. then the only likely one will be that if we get if if Moreno goes somewhere because I think he'd be eaten up back in Spain by Valencia or somebody like mm. that right if, if the price was right that we might go and sign a left back yeah and I think the only the only credible link we've seen has Digna. been to, is to Lucas Digne yeah at PSG and I, I genuinely think that's the only credible signing that we, we'll probably make but I don't think we make it I think, I think yeah. what we I have I think Moreno stays what yeah. about this link with your man uh, Adam is a Ferrari they've come out and they made it's made point. up yeah, yeah. yeah as in the players made up yeah. I don't think he <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he was yeah. having. Can't go wrong. Call someone Traore. That won't go. That won't go. He scored ever. 
Yeah. It was very South yeah, Suarez like yeah. it. Didn't, um, it didn't make you get excited. It was bouncing off his shins and everything, and then he slotted away like Suarez and torn around. Man, people like take these these uh, rumors that are just made up, and they go with them to the point that they're putting them in their team. Yeah, and they're saying, you know, I'd probably take Firmino out. I'll probably <laughs> yeah. play him ahead of you know, because I think he's, I think he's quicker. And like, here they are talking about this fucking fantasy player. Like, yeah, just, I don't. Well, I think, I think what's better about it is, is along Andy's line is like, you know. I remember the Arda, Arda Toran. He can't play until January. Let's loan Arda, Arda Toran. Toran yeah. We've just spent fucking 20 odd million on an attacking midfielder. So let's not play Firmino. Let's get Arda Toran. Just for four in. months to piss yeah. Firmino uh, off yeah. and then give him back to Barcelona. Now, now we're ready to play there. <laughs> no, I, grown think, I, think, I think we will shift a few. I just saw there tonight that Barini is in, or Liverpool are in talks mm-hmm. with Fiorentina. So it'd be nice to see him go, even if it's only for six, seven million quid, whatever it is. Balotelli goes, Lambert's gone. I don't think any of them need to be replaced. I think we've. Mm. I think for we've done it. what we asked, yeah, sure, or, they're not even involved. No, anymore. what we all wanted to see was us do our business early and then yeah. worry about getting rid of the shit yeah. rather than doing it the other way around. And thankfully, we have done that. So I think we'll see Balotelli and Barini go. Lucas or Allen, I'd be happy enough to see one of them go mm. and and a, a centre midfielder brought in. Mm. Um, well, we all know who you want. Yes, Illyrio but I mean, Barini and Balotelli <laughs> aside, there's probably only Enrique that we have to get rid of after uh, Enrique that we have exist. to get rid of. Yeah, right? He doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Yeah. I don't think we even need to get rid no. of him because yeah. Balotelli was in around the squad and could be seen as a, a, a negative influence. Same with Barini. Enrique's just having, having a really well-paid holiday. <laughs> it's just it's, there's, there's, there's insane a, that there's nobody interested in having Enrique kick a ball for him. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody has. Not even, I, I, promote, not even promoted clubs. I've got to say something really controversial here. I don't think Enrique is that bad of a footballer to some of the lads that we've sold for fucking mad money. Yeah, exactly. No, there. Like, there was a time I liked Enrique. You remember him and Suarez had this mental singing. telepathic link where yeah. he was pinging balls. Get to Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we played yeah. him as an attacker. He was he scored. Scored, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like it's it's just fucking weird. I don't know. Is he? But it's interesting. He's I a think looper. You, you made the point about Balotelli before. You know, some of our fans who hate Rogers, they keep going on about like you know how badly treated. How bad? Where the fuck are all these people lining up to buy Balotelli? Surely, if you if you were yeah. a professional a football manager, just looking at th- looking at that, you, and it was truly yeah. because Rogers is mis- mismanaging him. Yeah, and oh, he was. The, I don't this know. Like, there's all these people out there who have made a living out of football. They're getting paid to be <laughs> coaching football, managing football teams. They played football, but they just cannot see. <laughs> <laughs> but like Twitter, I can see. Yeah, all seeing eye of Twitter. If you use him properly, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So there's no manager out there who's saying, you know, I'm going to buy Balotelli. I'm going to build my whole team around. I'm going to use him properly. I'm going to get the best of him. Because you know why? It won't happen. Yeah, he's a dickhead. And, and then that's the thing on Balotelli it was like that's the thing when you said it I was like fucking hell there's such a light bulb moment where the fuck are all these people yeah. coming to buy Balotelli yeah. it, you know why, we can't get rid of him no. we can't give him away no. No. you know we could fucking sell Lambert yeah. we got 4 million <laughs> for Lambert and, and we can't sell we're, Balotelli we're looking for 10 million euros and some fuckers going yeah I'm sorry team you yeah. only give me a discount on that, that. Like, you, know? Yeah. you know and it's weird as well it's just that on that same point the way people like uh, open arms the way Balotelli's being treated <laughs> like, how bad is Enrique being treated <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, see, Balotelli's been treated by fucking royalty the, the only difference is like Enrique's probably enjoying it yeah, I don't even have to it, train yeah. now the, club, the, the clubs keep on ever. buying him new segways yeah, and shit yeah. just to send yeah. them just off just to keep him he's yeah, like yeah. The, you know when you watch a movie and the son of the, the corporation's president gets sent <laughs> off somewhere just keep him out of the way you know that's yeah. Yeah. Does, he does he even give up bollocks about playing anymore I don't know he's fucking sizing him he looks like a fucking linebacker in American football he doesn't even look like he could run he doesn't even look like he trains anymore he's just like it goes to the gym. 
Just say Jim lift the weights. I don't know. Like, he's going to be a WWE wrestler or something. Yeah. That's what he's going to turn up. <laughs> he's got like, a, he used to have a nickname and all that. El Toro. El Toro. Is El Toro. Like, <laughs> I mean, fucking hell. It's just El Uber Bordo. <laughs> Yeah. He's a lunatic. Like, I mean, he, to let your career, like, to, he's let himself go down the drain like that as well, mm. because he could have just pushed for a move when he realised he wasn't getting in anymore. Mm. Yeah, so I don't. I think Jose Enrique is a perfect way to end this uh, part <laughs> of the discussion. Hello, this is Ronnie Wheeler here, and you're listening to Tripper Chats. Unbelievable stuff. You ask me anything about Liverpool FC, I will answer that immediately. I'm an encyclopedia. As you know, I played for Liverpool in the 1980s, won many trophies, played with the likes of Kenny Dagleach, Graeme Sooners. Oh, we what, a, what a team we were. We were just unbelievable. Anyway, Tripper Chats. Okay, we're going to try something different because we're sick of would-you-rather questions and WWE questions. So we threw it out to our listeners and got some uh, Tripper stuff. I am topics. stunned nobody used the word cigar. Yeah, well, we're sick of like talking about like Steven Fuck. I think we put that one to bed. Yeah. Now, one of them, Phil, was just ball. And it uh, prompted me to think, do you have some opinions about the new ball that we're using, right? Yeah, I, like I was going down the route of like a Debs ball or something like that when I was thinking about this. And then I saw a picture of the new fucking Premiership ball. And I, I hadn't been paying attention to footballs over the summer. Because, like you know, when you get to a certain age, you don't pay attention to football apparel. Like 12. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the when hack you get pubes. <laughs> <laughs> when you discover you women. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> then you get married and you start looking at footballs again. Well, anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it looks like a Marvel fucking super villain it's like like, like Spider-Man's head when he was torn into venom like, what is it it's red and it's, mm-hmm. it's it's poxy it looks like a cup champion with like marker drawn on it it's it, shocking it's a bag of shit now like what I find about these new footballs is the colours and that, that red is kind of very dark yeah. if you know what I mean I, I, like, it's luminous but it's very colourful like you know what I mean do you ever, do you ever find that when someone turns up the Astro with a yeah. ball that's so coloured, it's very hard to fucking play. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so lit. Like, you just have to play football with a fucking white ball. And when they discovered the tango back in 88 or whatever it was, and then they brought out different variations yeah. of tango to France in 98, it should have all just stopped there. And just you finally perfected how a ball should look. Yep. So stop. Yep. Just stop there. Instead, Nike have just fucking ruined everything. <laughs> and they've, they've ruined... Like always. They've actually ruined how good a goal is going to look this season. Know. You know, so, the same people said that Apple should have stopped at the iPod, steve Like, do you know what I mean? And without that, we wouldn't have had the iPhone, the iPad, these innovations. You know, surely you've got to embrace a culture of innovation here. In no, but if, 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 a if product, we can use the internet on a match ball, then you might have a, you might have a point there. But you know. Enrique will never quit football. <laughs> the eyeball. No, I'm, an I'm, idea. I'm with Andy that, on the, it's, it's a shit-looking football. Like, it looks like, you know, when you walk into lifestyle or champion and there's that big fucking bin of balls in the middle of <laughs> Sorry, the lifestyle or champion no big clubs you go to yeah 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 um, <laughs> but you know there's that big bin of yeah. balls for a tenor and they're yeah, just they're the not, shittest they're not, looking yeah, football balls, and, yeah. yeah yeah and, and you just look and you go fuck off I'm not buying yeah, them yeah. so that's exactly it looks, what it looks like, like a warrior ball I know it looks like the designers of warrior have just went on the usual fucking <laughs> mad trip and just like created this piece of shit like what was, was that's the yellow version going to look like when it's winter I don't know dark yellow like, going back to your point, you know, it's dark. It's going to be hard to pick it out on the television. Yeah, it's well, all branding, guys. Of course you know it is. I mean? And you can't, I can't... Yeah, but like, well, just explain, like, explain to me how this bomb <laughs> is actually going to improve Nike's revenue. Because we've just spent five minutes talking about it. But like, well, if it was just a white ball, we wouldn't be talking about it. We wouldn't say anything about it. We and we've mentioned Nike five ball. times in the conversation. So and we some only, marketing guys are only paid. Cha-ching, we're only cha-ching. paid a sly fee for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they only asked us to mention it three times. We've mentioned it five times, so we've done a good job. Well, I, I could design a, a ball that people are going to stand. <laughs> 
Yeah, have hairs. I know. Way back. And nobody's even asking him. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> and he's like, Palatelli, where are all these cameras and fucking my Sports was. Did you see him? Rightly so. Sorfer was off punching sharks again. Who the South African or the that their man Mick Fanning? There was another view. There was another video of him punching some shark. Now whether is this the fella that nearly got his leg bitten off? Yeah, I was in the competition and gave the shark a dig, yeah. and then went on and, and competed on the competition. Like he's arguably like the fucking maddest man alive. Either that or he's very tasty. The shark, the, the shark version of Crocodile <laughs> Dundee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I on the first video of him punching the shark, my favorite bit was how quickly he went from shitting himself to whack it to just punching the shark. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's like uh, uh, fuck off, fuck off, shark. Shark. Like, you know, It's almost like he was what annoying. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't fighting. He was like fuck off, like Jesus Christ. We're in a competition here. Trying to fucking surf, you dick. You know when you're in a bar and some guy like bumps into the yeah. wrong guy and the guy turns around, fuck off, like you just go the way. I'd say when he woke up the next morning and that just hit home, he was just like, oh, you'd never get back. What the Why fuck? did I punch a shark? <laughs> oh, just for our listeners, these were the first three words that people sent in to us when we said just send in a word. Spurting, nice. shy talk, and AIDS. Right. So, you know, lots to of see. topic to get into there. So, whiskey. Any whiskey drinkers in the room? I actually. Ah, ah okay. Well, go on, on, you go first. No, I was going to say, I had my, I, I bought my first glass of whiskey ever um, last weekend, the weekend before last. And uh, I'd never, like, a lot of my mates would be whiskey drinkers and, and whatever I'm around, and I'm always like, that's wanky. But I was at an engagement party, and your man who's getting married. I said, what are you having? And he said... Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's rewind something back there. Yeah. Last night we had a discussion on WhatsApp. <laughs> Somebody's baby is born. You yeah. do not agree with buying the baby a present. No. But you went to an engagement party. Yeah, because I was going to get drunk. There was <laughs> something in it for me. Well, ask me, did I get them a present? Engagement? Imagine a party. Did I get them a present? No. So I just went and drank with them. Go on there. Just just, that's what I'm saying. I just went and drank. <laughs> Sorry. See, and the guy getting engaged bought you a whiskey. No, no, no. I bought, bought him a whiskey. Oh, you bought him. I one. bought him a drink. So you asked him what night. he was having, and, you, and I said, "What are you having?" And there was some fucking twelve-year-old te- scotch, and he says, "I'll have a glass of that." So I was like, "Oh, fuck the it." The fucking scab. He not only like, is he having an engagement, <laughs> rinsing me. He wants a twenty-euro bo- uh, glass of fucking. Well, whiskey. we had one each, so uh, so yeah. yeah, that was my first ever one. It was. Very How did you drink it? Um, I drank about one cube of ice. Yeah, that's that's all. Because like, did you like? How did you drink it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, this is the problem. I've never been a whiskey drinker, so I sipped so, it and tried to let the flavor in my mouth to yeah, see no, did I enjoy it. Well, anyway, so uh, what I drank, which is if there's anyone listening who who kind of fancies this whole image of having a whiskey when they're out, try uh, a Glenfiddich. It's only about twelve euro. Like whereas you could pay twenty euro or. You know, it's, or it's a tenner actually. Well, if anyone from Glenfiddich is listening and wants to send us some free bottles, that would be greatly <laughs> appreciated. Okay, another word, lads, is Toblerones. Anyone got any funny stories about Toblerones? Oh, funny Andy? story, but already shaped like a triangle. Because they're Swiss chocolate, isn't it? And they're trying to make it like the Alps. No, no? so it fits in the box, obviously. Hey! <laughs> it just always reminds me of. All right, another food-based one was porridge, lads. Any of you porridge eaters in the morning? Yeah, yeah once, Steve, you're definitely a porridge once it comes eater. To, uh, once it comes to wintertime, I am. I wouldn't be eating porridge during the summer, but yeah. yeah. Bit, of, bit of honey, cinnamon, raisins. Yeah. Flavins, proper made. oats now, or yeah, yeah, getting yeah. the ready-mixed stuff? Jumbo no, 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 oatlets. No, oats. Yeah. Leave them in the fridge overnight. I tell you what, actually, I was on a stag last year, and if you get those big jumbo oatlets and soak them in orange juice overnight, 
and then a dollop of uh, natural yogurt and some fresh berries. You did this on a stag? No, no, no. That's, <laughs> I, I got that for a stag. Yeah, yeah. Stag, we, we went to a cooking class <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and Rachel <laughs> Allen was there. We were in Manchester staying the the Ibis and there was literally, as you walked out, there was this little place for breakfast, but I couldn't stomach a fry. I just wasn't able for it and yeah. I ended up getting this. That was fucking gorgeous. There's yeah. a little tip mm. now. Soak them in orange juice. Oh, you fucking ready, Rex Grey. No, yeah. it's like fucking... Uh, Central heat for kids. Yeah, well, it's like porridge, except it's got the fucking shit knocked out. But like, it's been milled yeah. to powder, basically. Yeah, yeah. But the guy was giving the little fella the the um, ready reckoning with mashed banana in it, and I tasted it, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Smile on his face. Best ever. And then again, as you say, a bit of cinnamon and honey in it. You're fucking hell. What yeah, is it? The trick yeah. is stick your raisins in before you cook it so that they absorb the yeah. liquid and you get nice juicy raisins yeah. then. Yeah. I know, my missus was making uh, my son uh, like, you know, proper brown bread with Nutella and banana oh, yeah. on it, like, you know. And uh, before mine? before she gave it to him, she took a bite of it. She was like, "Fuck that!" <laughs> she gave him a digestive biscuit. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> stick stick an old spoonful of Nutella into the porridge. Mm. Yeah, that's quality. Mm. That is, it's mm. like chocolate porridge. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of food, a lot of food-based stuff today. You know, like you know. Yeah. Um, all right, we leave it there. Done, yeah. yeah. Thank our friends at AstroPark.ie, uh, your one-stop shop for small-sided uh, games here in Dublin. Our friends at uh, FiveTimes.co are coming to Ireland. They're going to be in Wexford on the first of October, Dublin on the second of October, Cork, Galway, and Derry. Uh, Limerick and Belfast all the way through the rest of the latter part of the year uh, they've kindly donated two meet and greet tickets for each of the events which we will be giving away over the course of the next few weeks so keep an eye on our Twitter feed here at the Day Trippers and our Facebook page uh, we will come up with a way to get those to you uh, your Day Trippers tonight were Steve Daly Dan Roberts Andy Young Phil Casey and myself super sheep fancier Dave Thomas I haven't watched the TV show. I have it downloaded but or uh, legally uh, recorded on my Skybox. Um, and, uh, yeah, what, that's you, only on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I meant. My Netflix box. <laughs> um, no, I, I've watched it. At Capella University, you're in control of your education. With the game-changing FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines and move at your own pace. The faster you move, the more you save. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Sports Social Podcast Network.